what's up, everybody? Fred Ricciani of TSC News here to preview WWE Monday Night Raw and talk about all the latest news in professional wrestling, mostly WWE, but a little bit of TNA and everything else. First off, my deepest condolences to the Wyndham and Rotunda families for losing the legendary Blackjack Mulligan, the grandfather of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, as well as the father of Barry and Kendall Wyndham. Uh, really, really sad. Was in rough, rough health in, in recent years. So uh, my deepest, deepest condolences to those families. Been a lot of positive feedback in regards to Blackjack Mulligan and just the impact he had on, on the business. You know, Les Thatcher, who's a friend of mine, who's a wrestling legend, trained many talents, including uh, Dean Ambrose. You know, talked at length about how he was such a great heel and a guy that maybe wasn't the most technically sound worker, uh, but everything he did in the ring uh, meant something, and he knew how to do it at the right time, which is something you really don't see a lot in pro wrestling these days. So uh, God bless uh, Blackjack, and uh, yeah, my, my deepest condolences to his loved ones. Now, Monday Night Raw this past week featured some bizarre tomfoolery. It featured some chicanery. It featured the wild post-WrestleMania crowd, although I, th- I thought this crowd in some ways was weaker than it was in, in years past. I mean, I, f- I feel like they got a little too cute, a little too annoying. There's a, a lot of mixed opinions on whether they were disrespectful or whatever. Look, here's what I got to say. For people that think the crowd has every right to chant all this stuff and say we want beach balls and we want Bailey and all this other crap because they bought a ticket. You know what? You're right to some extent. Okay? If you're not hurling expletives, if you're not acting like a douchebag like a lot of these dudes that go to NFL games, get drunk and freaking make it uncomfortable for kids and families, and you know what? I'm all right with you. On the other hand, I understand the premise that guys like Lance Storm and Les Thatcher have, who have been on the show before, who I respect very much, where it's like, you know, you, you go to a show, let's just say you go to the opera or go to the theater, you know, just because you bought a ticket doesn't mean you can yell out an expletive or or a chant or, or whatnot and, and just get what you want like that because you bought a ticket. But wrestling, particularly in this day and age, has changed. And frankly, WWE in recent years has encouraged the crowds post-WrestleMania especially to be a part of the show and be into the show. And you know what? If you gave them something that they actually wanted to see, then you know what? Maybe they want to take over the show. Maybe whatever they chant would actually add to the show because a hot crowd, even one like the one this past Monday Night Raw, is still better than a dead crowd. Believe me. Believe me. Now, there were things on the show I liked. There were a lot of things on the show I did not like. First off, what I liked. The main event was great. Cesaro coming back. Filling in for Sami Zayn after he got attacked by Kevin Owens. It was a fatal four-way as put together by Shane McMahon. More on that in a second. Shane McMahon was in charge. How? Uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll kind of decrypt that logic in a second. But Cesaro filling in for Zayn. Took on Kevin Owens. Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, fatal four-way. The winner would become the number one contender for Roman Reigns' world title. When would they get a title shot? That was not really specified. But AJ Styles got the win. He got the win via Styles Clash. Awesome, awesome match. Yes. Earlier in the night, the beautiful Maurice was back. And whew, she looks phenomenal. And I think she'll be a, a great valet for the Miz, who is her real-life husband. 
They 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 debuted on SmackDown officially as a pair. They were great. Sky's the limit for them. Well, maybe not the sky, but they, they they'll be all right. They'll be all right. They'll they'll have some good skits. I think uh, they're not a main event act or anything like that. But in terms of the mid card, uh, I think they'll carve out a nice niche for themselves. Now onto what I did not like, and I, I think I need to take a sip of water here before I go on this rant. Okay. Almost everything we saw at WrestleMania was negated the next night on Raw, which is why I have a hard time previewing this upcoming episode of Monday Night Raw, the April 11, 2016 uh, edition of Monday Night Raw, because no matter what happened last week, it, it doesn't really mean what I, look, look at it this way. How, how should I say this? Just because last week AJ Styles became the number one contender and the New Day successfully defended the tag titles doesn't mean that logically they are going to move forward in what looks like their respective feuds. The New, the New Day may feud with another tag team or they could inexplicably still feud with the League of Geeks, League of Booty, whatever you want to call them, League of Nations. AJ Styles got a title shot in the main event of Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania. Or if he won a title shot. And inexplicably, he could lose to Chris Jericho or Dean Ambrose or, or somebody. Or how wrestle Roman Reigns on freaking Raw with no build. And that would negate everything that happened last week. We we could see the authority just, just back out of the blue after they missed Raw. Why'd they miss Raw? No explanation whatsoever. But then again, why was Shane McMahon on Raw? Shane McMahon took a 25-foot fall off that freaking hell in a cell. Maybe it wasn't 25 feet. Whatever it was, it was dangerous as hell. Crashed through the table. The next night he was on Raw. And he was limping. He was beat up. He was hurt. He was supposed to be broken in half. He was stretchered out. But he was standing on Raw. Rest in peace selling. Oh, man. And, and people and people wonder why many casual fans and casual observers don't take wrestling seriously. You got to sell these injuries. Dean Ambrose wasn't on Raw. He was on SmackDown, but he wasn't on Raw. But Shane McMahon was. And then Vince, who said that Shane was going to become a son of a bitch, inexplicably gave Shane control of Raw. One night, just one night, but still, inexplicably gave him control of Monday Night Raw. And we had some some other good stuff. I mean, Apollo Crews debuted, which is cool, but he debuted with no build. Endzone Cast debuted, ripping the Dudleys a new one, and it, it was just phenomenal. You got to look that up. That was a great moment. Enzo Amore ripping on the Dudleys. That guy is phenomenal on the mic, representing New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. God bless him. I hope he does well. But they debuted to no build. No build whatsoever. Baron Corbin debuted against Dolph Ziggler on Raw after he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Destroyed Dolph. That was okay, but he didn't destroy him until the end. For the first few minutes, he had a back-and-forth match. Do you want to know how Baron Corbin got over in NXT besides them eventually allowing him to kind of be this smug, arrogant prick? By destroying people. By having squash matches. By going out and having the fans count the seconds it would take for him to kill some geek. And it was awesome. 
And instead, he has a back-and-forth match with Dolph Ziggler in 2016. And I respect Dolph, but he's past his peak. And, you know, if you're going to have a long match with Dolph Ziggler, have it on a pay-per-view. Why not just destroy Dolph Ziggler when Dolph Ziggler's making his entrance? And just destroy a bunch of people, have a bunch of job matches, and then like a week before payback, have Ziggler come back, and then you could have Corbin in his singles pay-per-view debut against Ziggler, and then you could have him wrestle for you know, 10, 15, I don't know if I want to see him wrestle 15 minutes, but you know, like 10 minutes. Why, why not just do that? Instead, in his first major, major exposure to a lot of people, besides WrestleMania, he just yeah, had an okay match with a guy who typically said we want about Ziggler, uh, he usually has more than okay matches. He usually has some pretty decent to good and at times great matches. Corbin, he's not that kind of worker. But he's a guy with a lot of potential. And if you book him based on his strengths, I know it's a, that's a, that's a secret. You know, the, the, the people used to know in pro wrestling, book a guy by his strengths. Then maybe, just maybe, they'll get over. But then you got Roman Reigns. Who's on the mic, who's still trying to play the baby face, saying, I'm not, I'm not, what do you say? I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. Oh, good for you. That, that, that's great. That's great. But the fans are still booing you. And they're not emotionally invested in your matches. And you're not who they want to see. And look, if Roman turned heel tomorrow, I do think he'd be the top heel in the company. And I think he'd be really good in that role. But here's the thing. In 2016, eventually going into 2017, you still need a true top. Well, you don't need. Well, you know what? You do need a true top baby face that fans actually like. That's not John Cena or Randy Orton. Somebody that's young. Somebody that's new. Somebody that can maybe usher in a new boom period. I, I was originally going to say you don't need. A top babyface because the brand is so strong and they made millions of dollars, 17.3, I think, for a live gate for WrestleMania. You know, probably tons more with network subscriptions. Granted, the network, I think, disappointed this quarter because the day after WrestleMania, they announced, I think, 1.8 million subscriptions, but 400,000 of them were freebies. And that's uh, when you cut that down, that's what, like 1.4? 1.4 million subscriptions worldwide after two years? That's not that great. And while they're getting that TV money, getting that money, yeah, yeah, the thing is, the economics are changing. The TV industry is changing. Even though they're getting some record low ratings in recent months, the thing is, they're still doing, they're still doing pretty well by USA Network standards. But what's going to happen one day if in a couple years, NBC Universal, USA's parent company, says, we really don't want to pay that much for wrestling. We really want to try to save some money as we shift the business model of our channels and do more digital stuff. You know, go internet. You know, over over. To, I'm trying to think. Uh, like, like PlayStation. You know, like, like PlayStation View, where you can just get your your cable on your PS4 or, or your PS3. Maybe they'll say, you know what, we're going to start our own subscription service. Screw this cable thing. Who knows? The economics could very well change. And actually, I think, I think NBC Universal's part of Comcast. So I don't know about that. I don't know if they totally leave the, they want to totally leave the cable business. But the economics are changing. 
The economics are absolutely changing. And in a couple years, companies may not want to pay that much for WWE. Maybe YouTube will. Maybe Twitter will. Maybe a, a giant online platform like that will, but there's no guarantees. And when your ratings are kind of sagging, and when your network subscriptions are okay, but not great, when they probably should be very good or great after two years, and when your product is largely met with apathy, I think it's time for a change. I do. And you could stay with the status quo. You could just sit back and relax. I mean, they did that in the mid-2000s a lot, where you know there was a lot of main event talent, like Cena and Orton and DX, among others. But you know th- there were times where they could have pushed other guys. They didn't because they were making so much money. But guess what? You don't really have that pay-per-view money coming in. Guess what? While the network stabilized, it still hasn't stabilized enough and grown enough where I think investors would truly be happy. And while you're making that money in TV, in a couple years, the economics may change. So wouldn't it be in your best interest in a year where you had to call Shane McMahon? I repeat, Shane McMahon to save WrestleMania. Don't you think it'd be in your best interest, your company's best interest, to create some new stars? And I'm sure that in Vince McMahon's head and in Kevin Dunn's head, they're thinking, oh, we're creating Bray Wyatt. We gave him the rub because he got rock bottom by The Rock. Oh, we're giving New Day the rub because they got stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, you know what? That's not really how you give guys the rub. You want to know how you give guys the rub? By playing to their strengths. By putting them in situations where they don't look like geeks. Dean Ambrose has lost three straight pay-per-views. Got destroyed by Brock Lesnar. Didn't even get to kick out of an F5 at WrestleMania. A couple months before, loses to Roman Reigns at Fastlane. Couldn't even kick out of a spear. Royal Rumble gets outsmarted by the 46-year-old heel Triple H. Roman, same thing. Ugh. This company has so much good to great talent. And a lot of it has just been so used and abused by this booking, which I'm sure internally Vince thinks is pretty good. Maybe great. But when the fans are telling you something, when the fans are telling you we don't want this guy, you should probably listen. You should probably listen. You should probably turn him heel. And you should probably think about creating another babyface. And here's another novel concept. And I realize back in the Attitude Era, Stone Cold was really the number one guy. Rock was like the 1B eventually, but it was Stone Cold who was really the number one guy. But you know what helps Stone Cold Steve Austin? Do you know what really, really helped Stone Cold Steve Austin? What helped him was that not only was he booked great and he was great in his role, but he had other guys that were booked at least close to his level, that were protected so that when they eventually challenged Steve Austin, they were believed to be at least near his level, which drew fan interest and which drew money and which made things intriguing. Unlike this past Monday where I love AJ Styles, he beats Chris Jericho. Great. But the night before, he lost to Chris Jericho couple weeks before, maybe like a month before or so, he lost to Chris Jericho. A couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks after that, he loses to Kevin Owens. And now a lot of people are going to expect him to win the WWE Championship 
Does anybody believe that he's going to win the WWE Championship? There's a lot of fans of AJ Styles. From what I understand, he's sold a lot of merchandise. He sold out his gloves at one point in WWE Shop. That's great. There is definitely a vocal, strong contingent of fans that actually want to see AJ Styles win and believe in him. And some fans that might not even be fans of him from ROH or New Japan or TNA. Some fans just kind of are, are attracted to the guy because he's just kind of got that it factor. You know, he's, he's great in the ring. He, he's got that swagger, that aura about him. He's, he, he is great. One of the best wrestlers in the world for a reason. But to a lot of other fans that you know, maybe heard the name AJ Styles, but aren't really familiar with him. They've seen him do some cool moves. They've seen him win some matches. But they've also seen him lose a lot of matches lately. And they've really got no reason to care about him. Not not right now. So, eventually, AJ Styles will wrestle Roman Reigns. I think it'll be a great match. But what's going to happen when AJ Styles loses to Roman Reigns? Are they going to do what I think they should do? Where, this, where if Reigns beats him... There's some type of disputed finish, and then it leads to an extreme rules match where AJ could beat Reigns with the debut of the Bullet Club, or maybe even some TNA alums like Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and Austin Aries from NXT and forming a faction there, and then feuding, say, with Dean Ambrose, and then maybe when Seth Rollins comes back, dare I say the Shield? That'd be great. Bullet Club versus Shield. Do I think they're going to do that? Maybe eventually. Perhaps the Finn ba- the the version of the Bullet Club or Balor Club with Finn Balor, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson, or maybe they're just gonna have AJ Styles lose, and when they beat a guy, it makes it a lot easier for them to beat him again, and again, and again, as we saw with Ryback back in the day when he was undefeated and actually drew a nice buy rate with Steam Punk in 2012. He got beaten, and he got beaten again, and beaten again, and beaten again, and it took him. About a year or two years to really, really recover. Kevin Owens, undefeated. Looked great in WWE. Lost to Cena. Okay, there's no shame in losing to Cena, even if he lost twice, and it was kind of lame. But then he gets beaten again, and again, and again. And while I don't think he's just another guy, he's, you know, he, he's at the he He's popular, but if he goes on like a losing streak for a month or so, he'll, he'll become just another guy. And that could easily happen with a lot of these with a lot of these wrestlers. Uh, you have Charlotte retaining the Divas title and winning the WWE Women's Championship. Originally, I didn't have a problem with this, but the more I thought about it, waking up the next morning after WrestleMania, Sasha Banks. She got the entrance with Snoop Dogg. She had the Eddie Guerrero tights. The announcers were promoting her hard. Social media was promoting her hard. She was living her dream. She was breaking down in tears, seeing her face in front of AT&T Stadium. And then she loses. And now she's apparently moving on to another feud. While Sasha, or excuse me, Charlotte, is wrestling Natalia. And I'm sure they'll have a hell of a match at Payback. They have some great chemistry. But that's it. Move on. Even though Charlotte, no disrespect to her, is clearly one of the greener wrestlers in the women's division. I don't get it. I don't get it. New Day loses to the League of Nations. The next night, they beat the League of Nations to retain the tag titles. I don't get it. Zack Ryder has that great moment 
A genuinely shocking, surprising, heartwarming moment winning the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. I personally disagreed with it. I think it should have been Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. But hey, I'm a guy that has mutual friends with Zack Ryder. I know for a fact the dude's a really nice guy, uh, works his ass off, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. I was happy he got that WrestleMania moment. But they couldn't let him hang on to that moment for more than 24 hours because Maurice distracted him, and he lost to the Miz. You couldn't hold that off for payback. You couldn't have, say, Zack Ryder beat the Miz the next night on Raw and then have Miz eventually find a way to get his rematch at Payback where Maurice can re-debut and help him out. Would that really be that hard to give Zack Ryder at least a month with the title? Man, talk about devaluing the IC title. The IC title was a geek belt for a while. For a long, long while. I, I mean, really long while. Daniel Bryan won it last year at WrestleMania. For a short time, he held it. I think he elevated it just by the nature of being Daniel Bryan, a top star and one of the, the best wrestlers in the world and one of the greatest ever. And then Ryback won it. And like every IC champion, he lost a few non-title matches here and there. But by the standards of past IC champions in recent history, he actually did an okay job. I thought he did a good job. Kevin Owens won the title. He was good in that role for about three months. Dean Ambrose won it, held it for only about a month or so. But... It's Dean Ambrose. He was a guy that was somewhat protected. And it, it elevated the IC title. Kevin Owens won it back. Kevin Owens is damn good in his role when given the opportunity. And, okay, it's Kevin Owens. He's got the IC title. Looks like he's feeding with Sami Zayn. And then they give the belt to Zack Ryder. You go from Kevin Owens to, yeah, no disrespect, Zack Ryder. Well, maybe this is the start of a Zack Ryder push. Maybe, finally, they woke up and said, you know what? This guy has been a a loyal soldier for 10 years with our company, has busted his ass, has kept his nose clean, has done nothing but actually try to help us make money. Why not throw him a bone? But instead, they take the title off him the next night and give it to The Miz. And I'm not even opposed to The Miz being Intercontinental Champion and having this kick-ass pairing with Maurice. Because I think already they have great chemistry, and why wouldn't they? They're married and love each other, and they're both kind of great at playing that douchebag heel role where they're so arrogant and think they're better than everybody. They're naturally unlikable as wrestling characters, is what I'm trying to say. And I'm happy for The Miz because he's worked his ass off, and after being a geek for the last couple of years, it's really nice to see him kind of have this career renaissance in 2016. That being said, The Miz hasn't been booked that great either. Why not at least give Ryder a month with the title and then give it to Miz? Did you really have to take it off him the next night on Raw? And then the authority. While I don't miss the authority on TV, at least have an explanation for them not being on TV. (sighs) There's just so many, so many storyline inconsistencies. Really, so many storyline inconsistencies. So many, th- so many things that didn't make sense. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, off the top of my head that really that really bothered me. I mean, th- th- those are really the main thing. Oh, Kalisto successfully defends the U.S. title against the Ryback at WrestleMania. On SmackDown, his team of the Lucha Dragons with Sin Cara loses to the Vaude Villains, and if I recall correctly, Aiden English, who looks like a pale, skinny Cesaro, pinned, not Sin Cara, but Kalisto, and I ain't no Stradamus here, but I'm thinking Aiden English 
and Simon Gotch ain't challenging for the U.S. title anytime soon. In fact, why give Kalisto the U.S. title win if he's just going to drop to the Vaud villains who, no disrespect, <coughs> excuse me, no disrespect to them. I think they're a fine team, but they're kind of gimmicky. You mean they're kind of one-dimensional on the main roster, kind of like F- Fandango was. And I hate to say it, but I could really see them becoming another Ascension. They're better workers than the Ascension, but I could see them becoming another Ascension where it is kind of faded to obscurity. Although hopefully they'll still have jobs like the Ascension. But you have Kalisto here, who is a really talented worker. Okay on the mic, not great, but he's bilingual. He's somebody that could help WWE really expand in, in the Hispanic markets, and he loses to Aiden English. You know what I would do if I was booking Raw? Instead of having just a long-term plan for one guy, one guy, and freaking Roman Reigns, here's what my goals would be by the end of 2016. I would want to build up Roman Reigns, since you already invested so much in him, but I would be open to turning him heel if he keeps getting hate, which, hey, he has the last three months, turn him heel. I would strongly fully commit to creating a new top face, which they kind of have, but again, the crowd reaction. It sucks for Roman Reigns. Sucks in the sense that he's supposed to be a babyface, not that it sucks that he's getting a reaction. Better for him to get a reaction than no reaction. I would look into creating a new star. Maybe it's AJ Styles. Maybe it's Dean Ambrose. Three, I would also look into creating multiple stars. So no matter who's champion, you'll have a bunch of credible challengers. What a novel concept. And four, if you're really, really looking to expand in various markets, such as Latin America, I would find a way to get Alberto Del Rio as far as possible from the League of Nations because you're paying him all that money and he killed it in AAA and Lucha Underground and on the Indies the other year. He killed it. And you bring him in and now he's just another guy. That guy is way too talented to just be wasting away in probably the worst main event stable of all time. And I would look at Kalisto. I would say this guy's money. And I would do everything I can to get him over to the point where it is believable that he could challenge for a world title. That's what I would do. Why give him the U.S. title if you weren't going to do that? Why give him the U.S. title if you're not planning on strapping a rocket to the guy? He's talented. The crowd likes him. Kids like him. He's got masks, which can sell. I need to drink some water here. I'm losing my voice. I just don't understand. I really just don't understand. So, here's what I am looking forward to in WWE. Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles should be a great match. The eventual debut of the Bullet Club should be pretty kick-ass. The eventual debut of Shinsuke Nakamura, who wrestled Manny Andrade, a.k.a. La Sombra, at an XT house show. I believe it was in Concord, Massachusetts, of all places. Uh, he, he suffered a few stitches, getting hit in the head. He was bleeding kind of bad. I hope he eventually gets called up to the main roster. At the very least, I hope he's doing main roster house shows because this guy should not be wrestling in half-empty buildings for NXT. Neither should Finn Bauer, really, but Nakamura as well. So hopefully he'll get called up. As far as what I could look forward to in the immediate future, the Divas division is now the women's division. They're calling these matches women's division matches. I'm happy with that. Looks like Emma might be feuding with Becky Lynch. I'm happy about that. 
It looks like Charlotte will wrestle Natalia. Not happy about the feud, but the match quality, I'm happy about that. Reigns versus AJ, as a match, I'll be happy about that. As far as the creative surrounding these these matches, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see. I don't mind Reigns kind of feuding with, with guys like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and people that are quote-unquote indie darlings. That's kind of cool. I mean, they kind of did that with Cena a few years ago. Uh, but the difference is... Cena had a contingent of fans that really did love him, that really do still love him. And Roman Reigns, he's got a lot of fans. He's got fans that love him. He's got some fans that like him, but it's nothing like Cena. He's not the and the economics are different. WWE seems to be promoting the brand more than just one guy, which can be a mistake when you look at how UFC. No matter what UFC says and tells its fighters, and allegedly they told uh, some heavy, a heavyweight fighter, "Oh, uh, you know, the UFC brand sells, not the fighters." Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, they can say whatever they want. Look at McGregor. Look at Rousey. Look at Lesnar in his prime for the UFC. Look at George St. Pierre. Look at Anderson Silva. Yeah, it's it's about stars. Brand's good. It's good to have a strong brand, but you need stars. You need sometimes you need stars that transcend your promotion, and they don't really have that person right now on the roster. And frankly speaking, they're not really giving the opportunity for anybody on the roster to transcend the company and kind of. Get it transcend pop culture. Is there anybody that has the potential on the roster to do that? Mm. That hasn't already, like John Cena. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But you, you look at John Cena, the guy, even when he was getting booed vociferously, was moving tons and tons of merchandise, was drawing a ton of money. And when you looked at the bottom line, and at the end of the day, it is about the bottom line, you could say, you know what? We're justified in keeping Cena on top. Because even though there's a large segment of fans that boo him, you know what? What we're doing is working. Whereas with Roman Reigns, mm, I hate to say it because I really like Dean Ambrose and I think Dean Ambrose should be on the top spot. At this stage, if you put Dean Ambrose in the position of Roman Reigns, I can't really say the ratings would increase. I can't really say that more tickets would be, would be sold. I don't know if he'd sell more merchandise. Although he has sold pretty well in merchandise before. But I do think there'd be less fan apathy. I do think more people would be excited about him as champion. And you know what? Excitement could lead to sales. Could lead to subscriptions. It's always good to have a hot product rather than a cold product. Rather than a stale product. And if not, Dean Ambrose and AJ, AJ Styles. Who knows? Maybe they will debut the Bullet Club. Maybe AJ Styles will win the WWE title, perhaps not at payback, but at Extreme Rules. But I gotta believe with that whole long journey to the coronation of Roman Reigns, even though he won the title for the third time in six months, I gotta believe that they're gonna keep the title on him for a while. Maybe until he wrestles John Cena, where John Cena goes for a 16th world title. Maybe by then they'll see the writing on the wall and finally turn Roman Reigns heel. Cena will win his 16th world title, and then if I were booking... I'd have Cena, after making a big deal of him winning a 16 title, put put over Seth Rollins when Seth Rollins comes back. Or maybe he puts over a heel. Or who knows? Maybe Seth Rollins comes back with a heel. Who knows? Or maybe Roman Reigns just beats John Cena at SummerSlam or, or beats The Undertaker at SummerSlam. Eventually wrestles Cena, beats him. Wrestles Orton again, eventually beats him when, when those guys are healthy. And then, you know, wrestles Seth... And then, who knows? Maybe gets the title taken off him by a heel and then some transitional heel uh, drops the title Seth Rollins. I don't know. There's a lot to be excited about in the future. 
if you think that Finn Bauer's finally going to be called up and who the hell knows at this point. But Randy Orton's eventually going to be back full-time, or at least you know, sort of full-time. Seth Rollins is eventually going to be back. John Cena is sort of back already, but he'll eventually be back full-time. But what about creative? What about the rest of the roster? What about the mid-card? What about the U.S. title? What about the IC title? What about the women's championship? They're doing an okay job with the women's title right now. They really are. They're, they're, they're finally really committing to making the women be taken seriously. But I would like to see Ric Flair out of the corner of Charlotte eventually. She can still cheat because she's a heel, but take him out eventually. And I would like to see Sasha Banks or Becky Lynch, one of the two, because I think they're great, uh, get the belt eventually as well. So as far as what's on tap for Raw, uh, I don't know. And frankly, I don't know if I really care. I really don't want to see them kind of portray AJ as the this redneck rookie or this guy that was outside of DDB for years and is not good enough, which I feel like is the angle they're going to play. And I guess, I guess it makes sense, but Roman Reigns is supposed to be a babyface. I don't know. There's, there's nothing that really intrigues me. You know, Dean Ambrose, Chris Jericho coming up. That should be a good match. It should be a way to give Dean Ambrose a win, finally. Uh, Kevin, you know, you know. Actually, I, I will say this: Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. As long as Zayn can stay healthy, and he's had some bad luck in recent years, as long as he can stay healthy, Kevin Ambrose, Kevin Ambrose, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn should be one hell of a feud. <sighs> now, as far as some other tidbits before I go, uh, I did talk to a friend who used to work at uh, TNA, and this person did tell me. And I don't have it confirmed. But he he did tell me that TNA Wrestling may be looking for a new office because they can't afford to pay their current property in Nashville. Take that for what you will, but there have been rumors in recent weeks of them looking for investors, looking to sell the company. It's not doing too well on Pop TV. It is dying a miserable death. It is quite alarming when two of your top stars that did apparently have guaranteed deals in Eric Young and Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode in particular, who had a, a great contract by TNA standards, walking away from that. Something tells me where there's smoke, there's fire, and look, TNA's like that cockroach, you know, during the nuclear apocalypse. It, it just finds a way to survive, and for the sake of the boys and the girls that work there and rely on it for its income, you know, I, I do hope it, they stay in business, and I feel like we talk about this almost every freaking year now, but things, things ain't looking good. Th- things ain't looking good at all. So, there's that. And, well, that, that's really about it as far as everything else around TSC News. I just posted a Minecraft Story Mode Episode 5 game review on YouTube.com slash TSC Gaming. If you enjoy video games, and boy, I sure do, and I'll tell you this. Even though uh, this, at times, can feel like a job, and you have to, you know, you have to do a lot of editing, a lot of watching, a lot of reviewing, whatever, okay, I'm very passionate about this stuff. And when it comes to video games, more often than not, I've had the pleasure of reviewing a lot of really good games. So when I get sent some of these games to review, whether it be Hitman or Minecraft Store Motors or some indie game, more often they're not they're really good. I could, I could probably count on one hand the amount of bad games I've really had to review. Okay, at least in the last year. Okay, that I'd say are really, really bad. All right? And even if a game review maybe does, does it well on our channel... Maybe it doesn't do so well just in click with the audience, whatever. At least I can say, you know what? I got to experience that game. 
it was fun. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. With wrestling, at least with WWE, you know, I'm not going to clump wrestling all together because ROH has had some uh, a pretty strong product as of late, and New Japan, you know, is still pretty awesome, and you got a lot of great indies, particularly in the UK, you know, like Rev Pro doing their thing, and, uh, you know, Progress Wrestling, and there's so much stuff you can find online. It's just, I don't have the time to watch all of it, but, you know, when I do, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good outside of WWE, and even WWE has some good stuff. But there are times like WrestleMania where if, if I just sat there for six hours, six hours plus watching WrestleMania, and I didn't have to do a recap show where I got to talk to a lot of great people like you guys, I would feel like I really wasted my time. I, I, I really, really would. Whereas with a video game, even if I wasn't running a gaming channel and creating video game content, I'd say, you know what? Okay, I played this game. Uh, Life is Strange. Phenomenal game. I loved it. It was, it was great. And if I didn't review it, it'd still be great because... I got to experience it. It was a great experience. With wrestling as of late, mostly WWE, it's just, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't feel like it's worth it. It, it just, it's, it's hard to get up for it sometimes. You know what I mean? I still enjoy live wrestling. I went to WWMSG a couple weeks ago. I really enjoyed that, but it, it is hard. And while the worst, and, oops, shook my camera there a little bit. I'm, just, I'm, all, I'm all into this here. I know I'm going on, I know I'm going on a tangent and everything, but one of the things that really just troubles me is not only the results of, of WrestleMania being kind of negated the next night, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that these guys do, and, and girls too, do in these matches. I'm not trying to sound like this grumpy old man or whatever, because I, I do enjoy high-flying and acrobatics, all this other stuff, and, and high spots. That's cool and all, and athleticism. I really feel like a lot of what these guys and girls do in the matches is starting to really mean less as well. And when you got a girl like Sasha Banks, who's tiny and can be a great worker without taking some of these crazy-ass bumps, man, that, that alarms me. That that really alarms me. And look, at least she took some of these wacky bumps at WrestleMania. At least uh, you know, in the ladder match, these dudes took bu- the big bumps at WrestleMania. If you're going to do it, you might as well make it on a, on a big show like WrestleMania. However, outside of Zack Ryder winning... Do you really remember all the spots that occurred in that WrestleMania ladder match? I don't think so. Outside that crazy-ass suplex that Sami Zayn hit Kevin Owens with on the ladder, which I thought killed Kevin Owens. Thankfully, he was fine. It's like they have this match. They have a great match. And then it just doesn't mean anything the next night. And that's the thing with, with, with Raw and SmackDown and really WWE the last year or so. Excluding NXT. You know, Raw has been pretty hard to watch over the last couple of years with the authority and everything. But occasionally, we do get some good to great matches. But the problem is, we get rematches over and over again, and we get a bunch of spots and a bunch of moves that really don't mean anything, and people just kind of forget about them the next day. And I hope that as this year progresses, that guys and girls in WWE can kind of be produced better. Tone it down just just a, just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. Believe me. I'm not a grumpy old man. I'm 27 years old, okay? I love all types of wrestling. But I would, I would just like to see the moves mean more. It's weird as hell that AJ Styles had Jericho kick out of the Styles Clash twice in two matches, yet just magically beat him on Raw with it. You know, it's like, it's like reverse credibility with, with, with the Styles Clash. I would like to see moves mean more. I would like to see matches mean more. I would like to see good 
ass storytelling. I would like to see WWE regain the feel of the crowd. Triple H and Roman Reigns went over 20 minutes at WrestleMania. What? Even if it was in the middle of the freaking WrestleMania. I mean, 20, 20 plus minutes. What? That didn't need to go that long. I'd like to see some consistency in the booking. And I'd like to see them get behind more than just one guy in a main event level that's not a part-timer. I would. But, again, this is nothing new. This is the same thing I've been saying, a lot of people have been saying for months, for months and years. Ah, lose my voice again. So with that being said, Raw should be okay. It's fun to see AJ Styles in the main event mix, but I'm, I'm skeptical. I am. And, and for Shawn Michaels and other people to say, well, you know, you complain a lot, but you keep watching. I got to tell you this. Yeah, I, I keep watching. I, I, I watch here and there, but the more I watch what I don't like, the more I'm inclined to just not watch anymore. Or if I do want to watch it, maybe I'll just be inclined not to buy a ticket to a show anymore. Or buy a piece of merchandise. You know? Or maybe... Maybe I'll catch an hour of Raw. Okay. But I'm not going to be inclined to, to be you know emotionally engaged or, any, or anything. You know, Cleveland Browns fans... A lot, a lot of fans in Cleveland... Really love the Browns. For some strange reason. They want to see them succeed. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy tickets. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy a Browns jersey. Yeah, the you know the Cleveland Browns are still making money by proxy of being an NFL team and a, and a long time NFL team in a really passionate sports city. But you don't think the Browns would prefer to be a winning team, making even more money with a fan base that's not apathetic, but a fan base that is not only passionate but happy with where the franchise is going. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's 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 good to make money. It's nice that people are watching. But uh, you also got to remember, too, pro wrestling is, is not a, a, a sport, really. You know, and, and it's not like the Cleveland Browns. It, it's not like the New York Knicks. Okay, it doesn't have the... It has some good-ass TV money for pro wrestling. But it's not at the level of the NBA and NFL. And as I said earlier, the economics could change. They won't change overnight. But they could change in a couple of years with over-the-top and, and everything else going on. So, if uh, you're WWE, it is in your best interest to uh, get your crap together. Because it may not happen now. It may not happen in a year from now. But maybe a couple years from now, it, things could bottom out. They won't go out of business. Okay? They're not going out. Daddy's not going out of business. Just relax about that. But, if crap starts hitting the fan, you know, you're, you're going to want more than one marketable guy. More than one protected guy. More than one guy that is consistently getting the upper hand and being booked like a god. You got Dean Ambrose. You got Cesaro. You got Kevin Owens. You got AJ Styles. You got freaking Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and Finn Bauer and Austin Aries on NXT. You got the talent. Now it's about how you use it. Folks, I want to hear from you. What do you think about Monday Night Raw? What do you think about the state of WWE? What do you think about the state of pro wrestling. Look outside of the main roster. There's some good stuff. You got the Global Cruiserweight Series coming up, which reportedly has Kota Ibushi in it. 
and Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Some some really really kick ass workers in there. I mean, it, it should be a hell of a lot of fun. Zack Saber Jr. I mean, should be so, some great matches. It, it really should. You know, you got New Japan with with his invasion attack event and everything. I mean, there there is good wrestling out there, and even in WWE, there is good wrestling. But it's not just about the wrestling. It's about the, about the story that goes along with the wrestling. So we'll see. But I want to hear from you. Let me know. Leave a comment below. Tweet us. Facebook us. Do what you got to do. If you enjoyed this podcast, please click the like button. Please share us with all your friends. Please don't forget to subscribe on YouTube as well as SoundCloud.com slash TSC News and iTunes. And if you love video games, please subscribe to my other channel, YouTube.com slash TSC Gaming. Until next time, everybody. As always, enjoy the matches.